Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, you know, Christmas is such a great time uh, of year. You know, there's so many wonderful things that, that we get to enjoy. We enjoy uh, the Christmas lights, going to look at those. Uh, I do particularly like the one that was, you know, kind of like Christmas, uh, you know, National Lampoon Christmas. That one was pretty good. Uh, we enjoy, um, you know, maybe enjoy cheesy Hallmark movies, you know, where every movie, even though you watch five or six of them, they're all the same. Uh, you know, you enjoy, enjoy the food, you enjoy cookies, you enjoy, I mean, does anybody actually enjoy fruitcake though? I mean, I don't actually know. I mean, it's like this thing, but I don't know of anybody like, oh man, what'd you eat? I had some great fruitcake. I've just never, never heard that. But anyways, it's still a thing and people, I don't know, they still sell them somehow. Um, you know, uh, you know, hopefully you're enjoying some time maybe off of work or school. Um, you enjoy Christmas music. You know, you think about all those things that, that we get to enjoy, and you think about what, what, what these other things are kind of along with Christmas, but then you think about what Christmas is about is that, you know, Christ, God, was made flesh. God came as a human, came as a baby, became a person. And that's what we celebrate, you know, the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us. And the, the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us. You know, even in that, 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 that could be kind of like, you know, there's the picture of what the things that we enjoy about Christmas with the lights and the, the cake and the food and all of those things. And we could really, those, those are good, those are fine things. And we get kind of a fuller picture with it being the incarnation that, that God became human and came, you know, Jesus came down. But then I'd also say like in the text today, we're going to see even just kind of a, a bigger picture, a fuller picture of what Christmas is about. Not just that, that God became human, that Jesus became a man and a baby, but also that, that God wants us to become something as well. So if you've got a Bible, open up to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and my name is Ricky, and I serve as one of the pastors here, and we've been, we've been working through uh, the first part of John, and today we're going to wrap it up as we celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. So, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so that, that light, it talks about it earlier, you know, the light is Jesus, the light shining into the darkness, into the darkness of this world, into the darkness of our lives, darkness of our heart. The light is showing up, and that's Christ. And uh, then it, you know, it keeps going. It says, He, talking about Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through Him. So, so Jesus made everything. I mean, He was there with God. He is God in the beginning, and everything is, you know, He made everything. Yet... The world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. You know, Jesus who made everything, even when He's coming to earth, it's like He's kind of coming to everything that He's built, everything that He's made, every person that He has created, every person that He knows. It's like He's kind of, in some ways, coming, coming home, and it's like, yeah, but nobody recognizes Him. Nobody sees him for who he is. They didn't, they didn't receive him. It's like, you know, Jesus gave all of these people, gave us eyes to see, but yet we can't see who Jesus is. 
He gave us ears to, he, to hear, but it's like, yeah, the, but the people aren't listening to what he's saying. And, and even to his own people, Israel. You know, it's, it's, it's whoever should be anticipating this, Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the most, the one to deliver them from sin, the one to deliver them, uh, you know, to have eternal life, to have this relationship with God. It says, even they rejected him. They did not receive him. So he shows up. And I mean, can you imagine that if you're Jesus? You know, you, you are coming and you're coming uh, you know, to your own people. You're coming to your own creation. And it's, you have this gift in yourself. And it's like the people don't really want the gift. Hey man, I have something so amazing for you. Something that you can't buy in any store. No matter where you look. Amazon doesn't have it. The Messiah of the world, boom, I've showed up. And the people are like, I don't really want that. And so they just don't receive him. But the text shows us, well, hey, there is a different way to respond. Yeah, a lot of people, they didn't receive him. They didn't see him for who he is. They didn't want him. But there is, there is a different way to respond. Verse 12 says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so here, there's a, yeah, it shows us this different way to respond. And, and, and John, there's three key words in those verses. Receive, believe, become. Receive, believe, become. And, uh, you know, first we'll just talk about the response part and receive and believe. And so these are, you know, kind of, kind of receive and believe are kind of like two sides of the same coin. You know, so what does it mean first to, to receive? You know, is receiving Jesus, is that like uh, receiving a pass in football? Is receiving Jesus, is it like receiving a phone call? You know, hey, somebody's calling and, hey, I could either send that thing to voicemail because who's even calling these days? Why didn't you just send me a text? Or, you know what? Yeah, I'll push the green button and I'll receive the call. You know, I heard, um, I heard one pastor say it like this. You know, if you went to a hotel, and the hotel had a, you know, you went to go check in and you wanted to get a room, but the hotel just said, no vacancy. You know, hey, there's just no rooms. Or you go online and you're getting through all of the process and you go right at the end to book the hotel and push checkout, and it's just like, oh, nope, there's no room, more rooms. We can't, there's, there's nothing available. We can't receive you. You know, so on the flip side, you know, that's kind of like what the world was doing. It says, hey, we, our, our hearts are, are all full. You know, we, we can't receive you. But on the flip side, to receive would be like, hey, there's, the whole place is open. We so want you here. We have a room ready for you. We're totally welcoming you here at, at the place. You know, it's like that song, Joy to the World. You know, what does it say? It says, let every heart make him room. And, and, and that's kind of what it is when you receive Jesus. Hey, room has been made. My heart has made room for you. I'm receiving you. And, you know, I welcome you. I mean, think of when a mom gives birth. You know, after she gives birth, the doctor has the baby, and what does the doctor do? The baby goes right to mom. And, to re and then the mom does what? Gladly receives the baby. Oh, yes, of course. 
I will receive this child because this is, this is like what's supposed to happen. And, and this is kind of like this, hey, when you receive Jesus, you're, you're, you're taking Him in. Taking Him in for, for who He is. Receiving Jesus on, you know, on the flip side doesn't mean like, hey, let's make a deal with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you know, hey, I'm going to receive you, but kind of like before you come into my life, Jesus, let me just kind of lay down some ground rules and what this is going to look like. Hey, but you know, before you uh, kind of come over here, if you could solve this for me and fix this in my life, then I'll take you in. That's not what receiving means. Receiving also doesn't mean that it's from a distance. Hey, Jesus, why don't you just kind of stay over here and I'm going to do my thing. And then when I need you, you kind of pop over here and come into my life. That's not receiving. Receiving means you, you, you just you take Him in for all of Him, for all of who He is. I mean, if you're, if you're hanging on a cliff and you have nothing, you know, no way to get yourself out of this, out of, you know, from falling to your demise, and this hand comes down to you for to grab on, you just grab onto it. Right? You just, just grab onto that hand. You receive it gladly, completely. And so Jesus, the light of the world, the light in the darkness, life out of death, is saying, hey, to all of those who receive Him. That's one response. And, and then the second part is believe. To those who receive and believe. And so believe means to be fully persuaded. You are completely confident in something because you're so confident and fully persuaded you entrust yourself to someone to something you're you're bought in you know it's it's not the same when it says believe it's not the same as believing that that you know on the other side of the world yeah i believe that there's a country named kenya sure it's probably over there it's on the maps believing doesn't just mean that you kind of think that, oh yeah, hey, the first president was George Washington. And he's on the $1 bill. Yeah, he's the first president of the United States. That's not what it says. It says, hey, you, you believe because you're fully persuaded. You are totally bought in. Hey, if, you know, your chips are all in the middle. Hey, all in. You, you have faith in Jesus that you're trusting in Him and His power to hold you up. Again, if you're hanging off of a cliff and there's no way for you to get out of that, it's not just seeing that the hand is reaching down towards you, it's believing is grabbing onto that hand and saying, I need you to get me out of this. You believe in that, you build your life around it. And so this is what John is, is really just been working out through, it, through the whole book. He's saying, hey, the world didn't receive him. The world didn't make room. But hey, to those who receive, who take Jesus in, who welcome in it, and who believe. You know, we, you could believe uh, you know, that Star Wars exists. And yes, I'm sorry, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so here we go. Right? You could believe that Star Wars exists. You know, you, you're like, well, hey, I don't know if I like it, you know, but you could believe it exists. Yeah, sure, there's movies and, you know, the... The Mandalorian's on TV and all these things, and I think that there's you know some Legos made about it. Yeah, you could believe that, and that, that's kind of like one kind of belief. You could believe in Star Wars to a different degree, though, that you not just believe that it exists, but you kind of participate in what's going on. 
You watch the shows. You, you watch Mandalorian. You, you know what's going on with all of that. Maybe you read the books. And you could believe in Star Wars like that, that you know it exists, and that you kind of dabble in some of the stuff, and you watch the stuff. But there would be a different level of belief with Star Wars is that, hey, I know George Lucas, the guy who created it. Like, I, I know him. The guy who's made it all. And what John is saying, he's saying, hey, believe in Jesus because, not just because you think and you agree with some things that happened long ago, but that because of this belief, you know Jesus. You know Him and you have this relationship with Him. And so this question is, is have you done that? Have you received Jesus into your life? Have you believed, trusted in Him? That salvation, that relationship that He extends to you, have you grabbed onto His hand? And if not, if you don't know Christ, if you're just kind of sitting there and be like, Man, I don't know if I really have received Jesus. I don't know if I've really believed Jesus. I mean, think, think of this. This could be the first Christmas of your life Not that you just know that some baby maybe arrived 2,000 years ago, but this could be the first Christmas of your life that you actually know the person who arrived. They actually know God became flesh. And you receive Him into your life. And you, you you believe that, yeah, man, I am a sinner. I am dead in my sin. I am in darkness. But Jesus came to save me out of that. Not because of anything that I've done, not because of how I went to church or any of those things, but I could be made right with God. I can have a relationship with God because Jesus rescues me. Jesus saves me to Himself, to, to a new life, to a relationship with Him because of what He's done for me. You know, and, and so we see this response here to those who believe, to those who receive Him, And then it says, the third word is become. Hey, to those who receive, to those who believe, they become something else. They become, they come into this new relationship. And so let's look at what it says that we become. It says, those who receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of, of man, but of God. I mean, that, that's pretty awesome, you know, when it just says, hey, to those who, who, who receive, to, to those who believe, Jesus gave them the right to become children of God. Now, when you read that, that might raise a question in your brain. Hey, wait a minute, I kinda, aren't we all kind of children of God? I mean, if we have to become children of God, doesn't that kind of imply that we weren't? children of God beforehand, but aren't we, isn't everybody a child of God? Well, not really. I mean, kind of. You know I mean? Like, if God is the creator of everyone, and He makes everyone, and everyone is made in His image, and, and they're, they're worthy of dignity and respect and, and to be treated that way, because they're made in the image of God. And so He's created everybody, But it's one thing to say that somebody created a table and it's like, yeah, you're kind of the father of that table. But then there's another thing to say that, yeah, but then somebody is the father of their kid. 
And John is saying, hey, we are all created by God. We're made in His image. Hey, but not everybody is one of His kids. Not everybody is one of His children. But Jesus, because of Him, it says that He gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right. He gave the authority. He, gave, he had the power to make those who, who believe and receive Him, to make them children of God. And it's like this adoption. Hey, you weren't my kid, but I made you one of my kids. I've made you one of my children because of what God is saying. And it says that happened because of God. Verse 13, it says, hey, this, this happens... Not because, not, not, not of blood, not of the will of, of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. And if it happens because He has the right, He has the power, He has the authority, and it's not the thing that we do, but because of Him, that means that we don't have that kind of power to make ourselves children of God. It says, you know, being born of blood. It's not, that's not how it happens. And I think a lot of times we could think, well, wait a minute, no, hey, well, you know, of course I know God because my parents did, and my parents took us to church growing up. And that's great that your parents, you know, if, you're, if that is your parents, or parents, if you're right in here, great, that's awesome. That doesn't make you a child of God just because your parents did something. It says that clearly, like, hey, just because of the lineage that you have. I mean, in Jesus' day, all of the Jews, they thought, well, hey, no, we're children of God. Why? Because, well, because we're, we're Jewish. Well, because we're, you know, Children of Abraham. And John's saying, no, that doesn't make you a child of God. It doesn't, it's not by blood. And this says, not by uh, will of the flesh. Meaning you don't become a child of God, you don't have this relationship with God because you're sincere. Or just because you're passionate. Or because you're really into spiritual things. That doesn't make you a child of God. And then it says, hey, it's not also by the will of man. Hey, it, does, it doesn't happen by your effort either. You don't become a child of God because you're a good person or because you don't do, really do real bad things like other people or because you try hard. You're, you're, so it's like, hey, who your mom and dad are or any of your relatives, that doesn't matter. That doesn't make you a child of God. Hey, no matter how kind of sincere you are or, or just kind of into spiritual things, that doesn't make you a child of God either. And also, hey, if you just try really hard and your effort, that doesn't make you a child of, of God either. And that might feel kind of like a bummer. You're like, man, this is Christmas Eve, Ricky. You know, that's, that's not really great news. I don't know if I really like that. You know, you're saying I can't do anything to make myself... A child of God. And that's, yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Because it isn't by us, it's by God. And, and that's the point that John is trying to say here. Hey, it is totally by His grace, by this unmerited, you can't earn it, you can't deserve it, gift that God has given you. There's nothing in you that, that you can kind of merit or earn this salvation, earn this relationship with God. It is totally by His power that He gave the right, that He gave the authority. I mean, and that, that's, that's why it's like this adoption. Hey, you're an orphan. You're, you're, you're out there. And the only way for you to be brought in to be made a child of God, if somebody goes and gets you and makes you their own. There's nothing that you can do to make that 
happened. This is what Galatians 4 or 5 says. It says that God sent His Son to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Adoption. We be, you know, to those who believe, to those who receive, He gave them the right to become children of God. People get adopted not because of any of their doing. Not because you know, it's, it's, they can't do something for themselves, and so they're completely dependent on someone else to bring them into their family, to provide for something for themselves that they can't provide for themselves. And, and that's us. We're totally reliant on God to rescue us, God to, to, to bring us to Himself. And I mean, and if you think Christmas right now is God sending His Son so that you could be made His son or daughter. I sent my kid so that I could make you my kid with Him because you can't do it yourself. And so what is it what does it mean, you know, that, that if we become children of God, what does that mean? What does that look like? And I just want to highlight a couple of things here. As a child of God, you have access. You have two rights. The first one is this, access. You have access to God. I mean, think if you could hang out with anybody right now in the world. Don't be all churchy, you know, but just think about it. If you could hang out with anybody in the world right now for a whole day, who would you pick? I mean, just kind of think about that. Who would you pick? I mean, we, you know, I think we'd all probably pick somebody that we really admire. They're probably famous. They have some sort of influence, some sort of power. Maybe they're, they have a lot of money. If you could just hang out with anybody that you wanted. And, and let's say that you could actually do that for you to ha- ever hang out with somebody that's of high ranking or a celebrity The only way for you to do that is pretty much one of two ways. Either one, you or somebody. right? If you did something amazing, if you had a lot of money, then that might get you kind of an audience with somebody else that's pretty important. Or if you're like, well, no, I don't have a lot of money. I didn't really do anything spectacular to actually kind of warrant some afternoon with somebody. It would be because you know somebody. Well, hey... I could hang out with so-and-so because I know one of their friends. And even if you did all that, you'd still have to set up an appointment. I mean, even think of us in this room, even myself, if I'm going to hang out with somebody, I still have to, we still have to coordinate our schedules. We have to make an appointment. And I'm not even really that important. But for us to hang out, that's what kind of has to happen. Like, hey, let's, let's put it in the calendar. Let's schedule this thing. What time will we meet? You know who never has to make an appointment with me? is my kids. There's never this time where they think, man, let's see if dad can squeeze me in. They never think of me that way. Hey dad, can you put this time where you and I will hang out, put that in your calendar? Because they just think, nope, this is my dad and I always have access to you. Complete, free access to you because you're just, I just have that kind of relationship with you. And if that's true of me, an imperfect dad, how much more true is that of you with your perfect heavenly father? You have this complete, I mean, just like imagine that. Christmas 
Jesus coming helps you have access, complete, full access to the living God. If, this is what Ephesians 2, 18 and 19 says. It says, For through Him we have both access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household. You're no longer a stranger. Why? Because you're a member of the household. I don't know if you've seen this show on Netflix called The Queen's Gambit. It's about chess. And uh, there's a, you know, it mainly follows one lady throughout the story. And and then this little small spoiler, so sorry. Um, In it, she's an orphan. It's basically how the show starts off. And you're tracking with her for years. And eventually, you know, after years, eventually one day she, she gets adopted. And, and this family, they take her home. And you can just tell that even though that she's adopted, she doesn't really feel like she belongs. She feels kind of out of place. I don't know if I'm fully welcome here. And, and you know, a lot of that's because the dad, you could kind of tell, he's just like, hey, yeah, we adopted you, but I don't know if I really wanted to adopt you, and I don't really know if I regard you as my daughter, as my kid. And you know, and many times we can feel the same way with God. We could kind of feel awkward with God. I don't know if I really feel like I belong. God, hey, I'm coming to you to, in prayer. Man, do I really, do I really belong? But when, when God adopts you, there is never a moment that you don't belong. There, there, there's never a time that, that you're out of place when you're in His presence. There's never a moment in your life when God doesn't see you as His child because He's made you His child by His doing. He's always your dad, always your heavenly father. You always belong. Jesus is always God's son. And if you've trusted in Jesus, then you are always God's son, just the same as Jesus. He's adopted you into his family. He's earned it for you. And so you have this access to him. The second right is this. You have the, not just the access to the father, but you have the affection of the Father. You have the affection of the Father. I mean, many times I think we could just feel like that God tolerates us. I mean, do, do you really always think that God completely loves you? I mean, you might know that, but do you really always feel that way? We can think that, man, maybe God just kind of, the amount of affection that He has for me is just kind of like a thumbs up on an Instagram or a Facebook post. It's kind of like that. You know, I remember one day I, I was, I was just really down. I was really struggling. I was, you know, I just felt I felt insecure as a follower of Jesus. Um, I just felt like I was just kind of failing in a lot of areas of my life. Felt like I was not doing a great job being a dad. Didn't really feel like I was doing a great job being a husband, being a pastor, being a leader. None of those things. And so I'm just, I'm just praying to God, and I was just like, God, can you just do, do I don't know, God, I, I, I'm, I just don't feel like I measure up. Can you, can you, I don't know, can you just do something? Can you just make me better, God? And, and I started to pray, God, can you just make me a better husband? Can you make me a better father? Can you, can you make me a better pastor? And as I was going on, I was, I was just feeling like, this, this is kind of not enough for me, God. 
Because I don't, it's not that I just feel like me and my relationship with my wife or my kids is not amazing. I feel like you're kind of feeling the same thing. And it's just kind of gone on. I, I just kind of was like, here we go. And I just felt like this is what I really need to have happen. And I prayed to God. I go, God, can you just make me a better son of you? Because I just felt, I felt really insecure. And I felt in that moment as I prayed, God, can you make me a better son of you? I felt that the Holy Spirit just whisper into my ear, but you already are. There's nothing that you can do, Ricky, to become a better son. There's nothing that you can do, Ricky, to make yourself more my child. There's just, what what do you mean? I I can't make you more of something that you already are. You're my son. That's who you are. I mean, this is what John 3.1 says. 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. God has lavished His love on you. If you've believed in Him, if you receive Him in your life, He completely loves you. He He completely loves you like He completely loves Jesus, His Son. John 17, 23 says, then the world will know. This is what Jesus is praying. He's saying, he says, then the world will know that you, God, the Father, sent me and have loved them as you loved me. We're a son or a daughter just like Jesus is. You know, there's a family in our church that they've, they have an adopted son. They have an, a, a son that they adopted many years ago and his name is Mikey. And it's the Benson family. And, and this, and I was just talking to Andy, asking him questions about that. And I could just tell through the conversation of what Andy's heart was towards his adopted son. And just in the things that he said, he said that, oh, oh, I love Mikey just like I love my biological kids. There is no distinction. There's, a, he's, you know, in all of my heart, Ricky, in the depths of my soul, I can find absolutely no difference in the way that I love my biological kids as I love Mikey. He is the same member of my family, just like anyone else. I can't imagine it any other way. He completely belongs. He's part of us. He's in our family. There's no distinction. The lo- I love him absolutely the same. And if that is true of Andy and Renee who are just good parents. How much more true is that of God, our our perfect Heavenly Father, and how He loves you in the affection that He has for you just the same as He has for Jesus, His Son. He loves you with all the same power and magnitude that He loves Jesus. This is what you know, just some commentary from John Calvin says, it says, the love with which God loves us is none other than that with which He loved His Son from the beginning. May we might be partakers of the same love and may we enjoy it forever. I mean, Jesus gave up His rights so that you can have the right to become a child of God. God sent His Son sent His child so that you might become 
child of God. And I mean, when this, this Christmas, I just pray for myself, I pray for you. May, may we just enjoy and delight in the greatest gift that we could ever have. That yes, that Jesus came, the, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and then He gave us the greatest gift that we could never find in any store, any mall, any online place, was that He gave us Himself. He said, I'm going to give you a father, your heavenly father, and now you can become a child of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we thank you that we get to celebrate that this Christmas, that, that you have made us your sons, your daughters. Lord, that we have access to you, that we have your complete affection and that there's nothing that we can do to make you love us less. There's nothing that we have done to make you love us more, Lord. You love us completely. Lord, and we just thank you for that. Lord, we just pray that we would enjoy that gift. May we continue to just receive you, believe you. In Jesus' name, amen.